0: there's so much variety in even in the Indian rock scene and like the ages between like a lot of our close friends like you know 1918 1920 making cool music but then we've got a lot of friends like early 30s you know it's just like it's so welcoming Um, and I don't think any big city does it like that <laughs>
1: Welcome to episode 60 of One More Tune, conversations on live music. I'm your host, Ian Byrne, and today we are joined by Nico Capitan of the up-and-coming Chicago-based indie rock group, Frico, whose debut album, Where We've Been, Where We Go From Here, is out tomorrow, February 16th, on ATO Records, who are home to the likes of some of my favorites, King Gizzard, Alton Goon. Uh, Temples and a whole lot more great artists So they are in very good company Over there Um, Freakos music Kind of hard to pinpoint There's been a ton of genres thrown around in the press so far Post-punk, chamber pop Experimental rock, DIY, I said indie rock in the intro, um, so on and so forth, so that's a good thing, they definitely have their own sound, um, but it's kind of hard to pinpoint, and as you'll hear from the two songs we have featured on today's episode, they're Explosive heartfelt very real very emotionally charged uh so i personally think that they're going to have a big year in 2024 and having talked to nico he's a very thoughtful and very nice young man so here's hoping for good things for him and bandmate bailey going forward we're opening the show with the opening track on the album which is where we've been this is going to be a gen z banger Uh, And then we're closing the show with their latest single, Get Numb To It, both of which are added to the official One More Tune Artist Spotify playlist, which is all the songs that have been featured on the show thus far. Nico joined me from the Humboldt Park neighborhood of Chicago and we talk about what's going on in the Chicago scene right now, what the band's hopes and plans are for 2024 which include their second South by Southwest visit and a yet to be announced tour so be sure to follow them via the links in the show notes to see if you're going or if they're going to be coming to your city this year. Also give the podcast a follow. We're at one more tune podcast on Instagram, at one more tune pod on Twitter, although I'm never on there. And then of course please like, follow, subscribe, rate, etc. on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. The show is also on Buy Me a Coffee which I've linked to in the show notes too. So if you want to support the show that way, then by all means, please do. Special shout out to Patrick from Pitch Perfect PR for putting this together. And a big thanks to Nico for taking the time to chat. That's it for me. Enjoy the tunes, enjoy the chat, and I will see you next time.
2: 20 years spent above this place, I could smell the iron from the room, and the train was running through the window, carrying a pillow, so I could lay my head down onto you. It was in an awful stench A stomach made of sticking glue. Till the dawning Takes the breath
1: Nico, welcome to One More Tune. How are you doing today?
0: Good, how's it going?
1: It's good, it's good. So you're in Chicago?
0: Uh, yes, yes.
1: Um, Humboldt Park. What's going on in Chicago today? Anything fun? Besides this interview, of course.
0: Besides this? Um, just working on music today. Don't have, don't have work today, um, which is nice. And yeah, it's just kind of grey and gloomy as it's been.
1: Nice, nice. Perfect February weather. Um so I mean you've no work today, but you have a lot of work coming up because the album is out next Friday, is it? Next week, the sixteenth? Yeah, a week from now. Yeah. All right. So how are you yeah. feeling?
0: Very, very excited. Yeah. We've been talking about how surreal it is. We've been technically, I mean, this record been working on for years. Um many, many hours and very special to us. So it's gonna be crazy to have it actually out. everyone
1: yeah so what's what's the feeling like are you nervous are you excited are you you know chomping at the bit to start touring to get these songs played live a little bit everything
0: we're definitely ready to start touring touring plans are coming together um we have a release show march 1st at metro in chicago um which we're preparing very very intensely for because we're gonna have strings and stuff as well um we're very I definitely didn't think I was nervous, but I definitely get more and more nervous as time goes by. And I, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely <laughs> nervous, but excited more than I think.
1: Good, good. And it's actually, it's funny you mentioned the strings there because, uh, you know, when when listening to the album and then, so basically I, Patrick sent through the album to me, I listened to it a few times. And then I started kind of, you know, researching, reading recent interviews that you did and just kind of seeing reviews and and bits and bobs. And the the two things that kind of really jumped out at me that people were saying was, you know, the the phrase DIY came up a lot, which I wanted to kind of question you about a little. Yeah. Uh, And then also the other word was emotional. Right. So And I I couldn't agree more with that. It's a very emotional, like cinematic, operatic kind of sound that the album has. So, and the fact that you said that you're doing the launch show with the strings, how are you going to ensure that you get that emotional, cinematic, operatic sound in the live performance? Because, I don't know, are you going to be bringing a full, you know, band strings ensemble with you on tour or or not so for that i mean with live stuff it's always been a very separate thing
0: for us from the recordings um i think we take that a lot from like i don't know maybe it's like 70s rock bands like the clash or something where it's like they had like very well developed albums but then their live shows are kind of just um you know we're banked more off the you know diy the more punk um aspect of it like more just energy and just like i've noticed when we just do three piece it gets through to people more. I think people are able to connect with it more because it's kind of just the songs just at their bare bones. Um, so yeah, we we just are going to be touring three piece because um, yeah, we, I mean, Metro is going to be a different story. We're going to have fill in the album more because it's a super special show. So we'll just have guests here and there. But mm. for the most part, we just play them our own way as three piece. I think it's still, you know, Still got that power because we're loud, but it's not as um, it's not as, you know, built out, you know, the guitar and bass have to cover everything.
1: Yeah. So, I, you know, at what stage uh, of your, you know, of your process when you're coming up with these songs, at what stage do you think, um, how are we going to perform these live? Like, what, like at what stage of the process do you think that, or is it just everything is like, there's no linear stage of how we gonna perform this live. It's just, here's a song, here's what it is. We'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, for the most part, it'll be kind of pretty soon in it because we're writing the songs, like we'd play them live. Like we write them as a three piece just because like, you know, it's kind of the thing where it's like, you know, a good song, if you're just playing on acoustic guitar, but, like, if you're, like, a fleshed-out rock band, like, you can know a good song if it's good as a three-piece. And, like, um we kind of, you know, we just... To make sure it's ready for live, it depends to, like, statues on this record. I ended up making, like, kind of a full flesh demo of, And we still have yet to play it live. Metro would be our first time to do it live. Um, so... It's kind of yeah, all over the place. But we kind of know right away if it works just us playing it. I,
1: I guess that's the whole sign of a good song that it can be performed and get its point across stripped down, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, there's a quote you said, you know, that you your music you you want to talk about what's happening right now, um, very kind of prescient. But these songs haven't been writ, written over the past few years or whatever are you do you still feel as if what they're talking about is what what's going on right now for you today or has your kind of mindset or your position kind of shifted over the last couple of years since since they've been written and and you got the ideas for them
0: yeah i mean i've definitely been thinking about that a lot especially since we're like trying to work on newer stuff now um it's this was the first collection of songs ever that like, like personally I grew up like writing from like starting like middle school with like logic and just, you know, working out songs with loops and random stuff. Um, And even up until R.E.P., like we're proud of R.E.P., but like it definitely, it wasn't like a together project, but this album definitely felt like, and it still does feel like, it's like this resembles a time in our lives and our friendships you know and everyone around us and everyone who worked on it and it just feels very it's it i think it'll always feel just like a cap on that moment of time and obviously things are different now but the songs still ring true for us and yeah it just feels like a bottled up version of that moment in time for us
1: so when you're when you're performing them do you still feel the same as when you were creating them like what what goes through your head like they're it's still the same relationship to you
0: it's definitely um i mean 80 percent of the time yes 20 percent of the time it's you kind of gotta you know you gotta be like out of your head i mean when you're not feeling it's probably because you're in your head and you're just being self-critical um and then you just don't have fun but when we're loose and having fun i mean we always feel it and it's also gonna make a huge difference you know hopefully people come to the shows like know the songs you know and being able to connect with people on that level instead of it always being us showing you know new songs to people. so I'm really excited to see like people hopefully knowing the songs alive and stuff.
1: right, yeah, so that like you just said that you haven't performed one of the songs ever before, so uh, and that's gonna be that's gonna be be debuted on March 1st. So what's that feeling like as well? you know like having this such a for you such a powerful personal like emotion invoking like physically altering piece of music that you've created but nobody's heard it live. So what's the what's the mindset going to be like, you know, presenting this song for the first time to people?
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: a lot of like, we've been playing mostly songs for a long time not like years. Um, And, but we haven't toured all that much. So the most, I mean, people, you know, we have our folks in Chicago who might know, but for the most part, others won't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely gonna feel different playing it there's definitely a magic to playing it when nobody knows it because it's just between the band which is a cool thing but yeah it's just really it can be really cathartic especially like where we've been is always like my favorite song to play live that song always feels like something special when we play it
1: yeah and it's funny because i uh 'cause that's the opener on the on the album right and as far as openers go, you kinda you know you mm-hmm. you you went ham with it so where does it where does it fall in mind when you're thinking of set lists like is that gonna open the show or you know do you try to structure your set list? It's always
0: one of the last
1: acts sir. okay, and what's the thought behind that
0: I mean that's just kind of because we've tried it earlier in the set and then it's the kind of the song that where we need to be in the mood, like i a full set to get to the point where we play it and we can feel it. But um, on the record, you know, we were able to be in that mood and record it and then just put it first. And we just thought, you know, it's our debut record. This song feels like the most bold depiction of us as a band. Like we should just put it on the table, you know, immediately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very effective because, you know, you can't ignore it. And it draws you in for the rest of the album, uh, so I think it was it was a good uh, good shout. Whoever whoever decided to put a track on, um, so tell me about the Chicago scene, man. Like you've 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 grown up there all your life. You're obviously embedded in it. Tell me about what it was like growing up, uh, going to shows, what the scene was like there when you were young, and then also how it's changed and what's going on there now.
0: Yeah, I mean, we me and Billy were both kind of like we weren't like reclusives but like we definitely weren't involved in this scene until we were like out of high school um I didn't even do any music stuff in school so I didn't even know any of the music people in the school I kind of just did stuff on my own Bailey did the music stuff in school um but as far as it goes in the general scene we kind of started getting involved in that when I started playing bass in Bailey's band and then Bailey started playing drums in Frico um and we were just doing the and we just the diy show thing for like maybe like six months before um covid hit and even at that point we met a lot of bands that were still really close friends with like sick day and modern none and, and then during the pandemic we met horse girl and lifeguard um and yeah we just there's so much variety in even in the indian rock scene and like the ages between like a lot of our close friends, are like, you know, 19, 18, 1920 making cool music. But then we've got a lot of friends like early thirties, you know, it's just like, it's so welcoming. Um And I don't think any big city does it
2: like that.
1: Yeah. So there seems to be like, it, it kind of Chicago has a reputation now of being kind of ground zero for this. Like we talked about earlier, like a DIY uh, kind of indie scene. What do you put that down to?
0: Um, one is just, just just zeitgeist. I mean, just like luck in a moment of time. It's like people generally being into like a similar kind of music, but it, it just comes from people being the like standard that it's held to is like people being nice people and where it gets around if you're not, because the scene is super, you know, the wider scene is relatively tight knit and like on the internet as well. Um, and that kind of just forces... I don't know. Everybody's willing to work together, and there's just I don't know. There's it's just a lot of luck where it just seems like there's a lot of good music happening at the same time. You know that'll just come. And as opposed to LA, New York, like there's still affordable housing for people in their twenties, so that <laughs> is a huge part of it.
1: Yeah, you know, I kind of laugh, but it's it's true, right? Because uh, there's so many instances of cities and you know artsy parts of the city, people being forced out because gentrification and all that or whatever so so you're saying chicago is where it's at if you want to be a if you want to start your music career
0: i mean i think so i mean you could do it anywhere now but you know if you want to be like involved in a physical scene in real life and not kind of just do it on the internet chicago is a great place to do it i can't say it's the best because i haven't done it anywhere else but it's a good
1: uh so on that what was the last show that you went to see in chicago um last show
0: it might have been godly the ruler at chuba's um they are, like, a cool, like, art pop, like, hip-hop. I think they're from Chicago. They might also be in New York now. Um, but that was a sick show. I'm trying to think. Uh, What other? I saw, I don't mean a bunch of Friends bands. They don't have any music online yet. But, yeah. I think the last big show I saw, Black Country New Road at Thalia was incredible loves
1: that. Okay, cool. And what's your typical, you know, it's uh, you're going to a gig, what's the what's the uh, routine? Do you meet up with your buddies beforehand have a few drinks? Do you like going solo? You know, where on the floor do you like to set up? Like what's the, you know, Nico's going to a gig, where am I going, what am I doing, what's the what's the scenario?
0: Um, well, we're definitely rolling together, the band. Um and we kind of, I don't know, it's different every night. It's like, if we're on tour, it's kind of just trying to recover from, like, the last two nights and kind of get in the mindset. And I don't know, we like to, we'll, like, do, like, meditation together. We'll listen to, like, like just any of those, like, Headspace videos, and we'll do the vocal warm-up YouTube, this one YouTube video for vocal warm-ups. um and yeah, we'll maybe order a drink or two if there are drink tickets, but that's more and more rare these days. Um, yeah, spontaneous.
1: So, th- so that, that's when you're performing, right?
0: Yeah, before.
1: What about when you're just going to the show as a fan? You know, like, is there a favorite? Do you like to be front and center Oh, and the floor? sorry, I misunderstood. You, it's okay, yeah. Do you like to be, you know, by the sound booth? Do you like to be off to the side?
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like the last few shows I've actually been by the sound booth, but... That, I mean, like that, Black Country New Road, I'm a big fan of, um, I would have tried and gotten way up there if I was earlier, but it was a sold out show and it was just kind of beat by that point. Um, but yeah, if I love a band, like I saw Tortoise recently at Thalia Hall and we went up way up to the front, um, Chicago Legends. That show was incredible. Um, yeah, we'll go out, have a drink. I think we went to a Mexican restaurant before the Black Country New Road show and then went there.
1: Nice. So it's like it's a, it's an event for you guys. And do you uh you know when you're at these shows as a fan, can you view and listen just as a fan or are you constantly analyzing as a musician what's going on on stage, you know, uh, you know the lighting, what amps they're using? Can you can you turn off or are you always kind of on when you're watching shows? Um
0: there're definitely moments when like I'll Turn off just because it's like so compelling, but it's definitely a combination. Because if it's like I love something that you know, say like Tortoise did or Black Country New Road, it's like I'm like oh, it noted like whatever that's involving. Um, just trying to take every little thing into account. Um, yeah, because inspiration is the most powerful thing to do anything. It's the only way you can really make good music, I think. So yeah, getting that from those shows. But the funny thing is, the most inspiration you take is when you're able to turn off. So. You know, it works both ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, very well said. Can you can you remember an instance of, you know, somebody you've seen on stage where you've, you know, remembered to think to yourself, Okay, I need to remember to try this or like incorporate this into into what I'm doing. I mean,
0: with the tortoise show with them, I mean they're like especially live, they're so patient, you know? The music's so patient and just like witnessing how that makes it us in the crowd like how you feel that built up tension. And then when it goes from one thing for a while to the next thing, it's like so impactful. Um, and, you know, I love, I mean, power pop and like stuff that moves from space to space and amount of time to get people to understand and pay attention as quickly as possible and as impactfully as possible. But like that patience is super inspiring to me right now. Cause it's something we haven't really dealt with yet. And I think we will be. Trying out more with the, like second record.
1: Okay, cool. So like so just on your own show in relation to all of that, uh, and knowing the fact that you're gonna to have to be, you know, touring this album um soon enough, at what stage or whereabouts in the you know putting together your show set list vibe, you know, getting the the ebbs and flows, what stage of that are are you at do you think you're, you know, 90% there? Are you ten percent there? Does it matter? Do you change it every night?
0: I mean, we have like a general, like we'll always start off the set with like Crimson to we're crashing through and then the end of the set is always like where we've been getting on to Cardinal and then we fill in the middle for the most part. We've played so many live shows at this point to where we kind of can just throw them around but like there is only a certain amount of good combinations we can make so we generally have to do that and we're not like a jam band sadly so we can't, we can't just like hang on stuff for too long. We got the songs, and that's you know what we got.
1: <laughs> I was going. I was going to ask like how how much space or um or leeway do you give yourselves to maybe experiment a little bit or just kind of breathe? But you don't. You just you perform the songs. You have them down pat, and and that's it.
0: I mean, well, we do actually do a lot of like in between songs. We'll like do you know maybe like 30 seconds to like a minute long like ambient stuff like out of that song into the next um we're huge ambient fans and definitely see ourselves doing an ambient record in the future especially bailey's really good with that okay. stuff um so yeah we we love that that we can be like ambient jam band kind of you know
1: <laughs> so you have yeah. your your diy emotional genre and then you have your ambient jam genre you're killing that.
0: yeah ambient jam. it's just <laughs> ambient music
1: <laughs> um what about you know do you set out with a goal in mind when you're performing obviously have a good time make sure the audience have a good time but is there anything more deeper where you know you talk to yourself and say i want to accomplish this tonight
0: i mean i feel like it's something we don't talk oh. about it but it's kind of embedded in us as a band and the music but it's kind of like it sounds like overkill but like i always believe like let's like yeah, the most impactful performance like someone's favorite performance they've ever seen tonight um because with the music we kind of you know we feel the power of it when we're playing it and we just want to get that through and sometimes that can be a detrimental thing because you're thinking like oh i'm not giving the best show someone's ever seen and then you get sad and then you get in your head so the best
1: thing is just to have fun
0: because honestly when you're just having fun you that does feel best.
1: So so on that, like in your mind, so you've come off stage, you know, you're you're dissecting the night. Give me some instances of what you would think to yourself. Okay, that was a good show or that was a bad show?
0: Um, bad show has definitely been, it's just like all internal, I feel like. Because at this point, like, it's not like we ever, we never like, you know, completely jip a song. We're like, guys, we got to restart. It, I mean, we make mistakes, of course, but, mistakes is very much a big part of our live show like i actually unplug my quarter inches all the time for my guitar <laughs> and it's you know it's i love that part of it but like sometimes it's honestly the ones that might feel too tight as the ones that kind of feel bad and then good shows are the ones where it's like we just like did it we we're looking around like looking at each other every once in a while make eye contact and like smile you know that's how you know where it's like it's going well and like the juices are flowing between everybody in the band it's- a horrible way to put it, but you know when energy is flowing between the band.
1: Sure, sure, of course, and I think the the crowd can always pick up on that as well, right? Yeah, exactly. What's your live setup like currently, and how has it changed over over the years? Oh, yeah, I mean, it
0: used to be when we just graduated high school, I was still playing in my high school band, which we were like a five piece, like two guitars. I mainly just did vocal, did some keys, bass, drums, but now like you know Bailey's on drums with a vocal, bass with a vocal. Um, I'm singing. I have my Nord to my left because sometimes the bassist will come and hit a chord on the Nord and sometimes I'll play it. Um, And then I do my stereo guitar amps, which I've always wanted to do. But when it's like too much, if there's more than one guitar, but when there's one guitar, it's like, it's so awesome. I love doing stereo.
1: So you're, so, you know, you're happy with that like if you had your druthers and you were to be like you know nico you can have whatever you want on stage you know no no uh, no questions asked is there a dream piece of equipment or or anything that you'd you'd like to add
0: i've never been a gearhead i always like because the fulfilling thing with a show for me i mean obviously like just like a, a wall modular synth would be like insane if it could be anything. But like, I don't know what I'd do with that, but like <laughs> just plugging in shit and like getting different sounds would be really fun. But
1: I don't know. I don't, as long as like, that's going to be perfect for your ambient uh, jam tour, 2028.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. but we, I mean, we, one thing we want to do is we want to have like a separate, like amp and guitar set up. Cause Bailey will play like guitar on a couple songs when they're, they're not drum songs. Like for Ella, most of the time we don't have strings and so Bailey will come up and play my guitar when I go to the piano to play it. And they'll play like a lot of the string parts on guitar. Um So that's kind of
1: a big part of our live show. Cool. Cool. And um, you know, you just said, you said their live show, you know, the whole idea of it being a show where you're performative, you're, you're, you're embodying something. So when you're up there, is it you Nico up there or is it, Freako Nico up there or, or what's going on? Um,
0: it used to definitely be a part. Now the music in this album was definitely like so. Um, it's very grand in a way, but it feels very down to earth just from a song song standpoint, like personal all of us. So when we play, we kind of, I don't know, whenever we, I feel like all of our just personalities on 200% just come out because um, there's no character. I mean, I definitely just like like to, put on a show of some kind and be entertaining and do some stuff that people might laugh or smile at because I've always enjoyed that growing up when people, you know, even if it's really serious music, don't take themselves completely seriously on stage. I think that's cool.
1: And is that, uh, is that a muscle that you have to exercise? You know, like the whole banter in between songs thing? Because some, some artists hate it. Some artists love it, you know, some think it's necessary, some think it takes away. So you just said, you know, you like it a little bit. So is is that something that you've had to work on or is just part of your personality naturally?
0: Well, actually not banter. Banter is, we don't do like any of that really. Not good at it. That's like a separate thing for me. I'm not good at that.
1: Let the music do the talking. Hopefully. and what about, I want to talk about venues a little bit. So obviously Chicago is chocked full of amazing venues. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, when you, you know, you've obviously played the same venue a lot of times, so you get used to it. But when you walk into a new venue, for example, can you kind of get a feel or a vibe on how the show is going to go based on, based on the room?
0: I mean, definitely we adjust our sets. Um, accordingly, like we play like opening for, um, this band um oh, i forgot it at the gothic theater in denver though it was like sold out so there's like 1200 people there we just adjust our set. like we'll play a lot of the bigger sounding songs but if we're playing like a 200 person club you know we'll play a lot of the more intimate songs it just kind of affects on the write writer so
1: gotcha so the, so the venue will impact how how you uh how you approach the show
0: yeah definitely and also if it's, if it's like you know, like cactus club in Milwaukee, like a hundred person club. Like it's going, to we're going to probably make it feel like a grimer, like rock show, you know, like more. Yeah. Loose. And then the bigger ones, I mean, they still feel loose, but I don't know. They have a more formal feel to them.
1: Uh, and then what role does the venue play in the experience?
0: I mean, we play Kung Fu Nakt. I think Kung Fu Nakt is in DC. Um, From the moment we got there, everybody there was so nice. All the staff and stuff, and the sound person, she was so nice and good at her job. I mean, that can, I mean, especially on tour, like, would that put us in a good mood? If you have like a mean sound guy or like a person who really doesn't give a shit about you running day of show, like, that's definitely makes you feel shitty about yourself.
1: And then, has there been times where that's like impacted your performance? You know, you've had a bad interaction with somebody and you just, you the epoxy performance or you can separate i
0: mean yeah definitely i mean we played a one fest and i won't say which but i mean our power the power for the monitors and the bass amp kept going out, and so that was like that was like the biggest buzzkill because when it's something completely out of control just venue related it's like oh man,
1: like this is just sad uh do you like touring
0: definitely i mean it has all those ups and downs but i was discussing this with a friend recently it's like no matter what no matter what we do even if it's what we love we're still gonna have there's still going to be suffering to it and like downs and stuff but there is a deep sense of Mm. fulfillment i get from touring you know it just feels like doing something with purpose even when there's those deep lows that even are some of the lowest lows i've ever felt like it's still there's a purpose to it
1: yeah for sure yeah good attitude um so to walk me through like what's the average day on on tour looking like from the point where okay you get into the venue load in uh what what does it look like for you? Do you like to get out in whatever city you are? any superstitions that you need to do any food that you that you need to eat anything like that? Just an average day on tour
0: um well, we tried the last tour, we did a horrible job of this but we i mean we we try to eat relatively healthy we're gonna start getting the practice with longer form touring of you know get, getting a couple big coolers um and buying stuff from like Walmart and stuff and you know. So in the coolers, getting like a, a pressure cooker um, and yeah, cooking rice and ramen and those instead of going out and then just having veggies to kind of get that nutrition. But there's, yeah, I mean, we kind of haven't done enough to get into a real repetition of it, but, you know, we all drive, we all make sure we do equal time driving. So it's good. It's all
1: fair. And so, okay, so the show's finished. Um, come off stage, you know, because you've talked about beforehand where you know you have your huddle and you take your deep breaths or you do your warm ups or whatever. But talk to me about the, um, you know, the ten, fifteen, twenty minutes after you get off stage. What do you? What are you feeling? Do you? Do you take time by yourselves? Do you? You know, go straight to get a drink. What's the? What's the deal?
0: Um, I mean, it definitely depends on the show. If they're like people. We knew they would definitely say hi. It was a bad show. Definitely probably hide out in the green room for a second. But, well, I mean, for the most part, we're at the point still, though, where, I mean, we're just heading to the merch table after the show. And if someone isn't heading to the merch table, we're tired just tearing down our stuff because we're there's a band after us. So it's really like, you know, just more back to work after the show ends.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So, you, you know, you mentioned there the whole support slot thing. Uh, so, you're signed to ATO now, who have some amazing artists. Um, is what's has there been any mumblings, or have you maybe, you know, Freako would support these guys if, the, if there's a chance? Like, is there any, uh, anything like that lined up that or anybody, any of your label mates who who you'd, uh, you'd love to hop on tour with?
0: No label mates, but I mean, you know, we might see in the future recently like vaguely um connected with chicano batman and um which i think could work king gizzard would be really fun um yeah i mean i there hasn't been anything touring specifically with label mates but we're open to it you know
1: nice nice and you're going back to say by West this year right second time there
0: yes yes
1: so, so what's the, what's the difference going to be, you know, obviously first time is first time, but Ned, you've done it, you've done the circuit there already, you know, the lay of the land. What are you going to do differently, if anything, this time? Well,
0: I mean, last time we went, it was the start of a month long tour and we'd never done a tour that long before. And we kind of just like, we had a lot of fun. And after that we had to like head to the mountains for shows. And we just felt horrible for a couple of weeks afterwards. Um, but this time it's looking like we're just playing like six shows in six days of South By and then heading home. So, I mean, we might just lean into the hecticness and just, you know, have a party week. I mean, because there'll be people, a bunch of musicians we know down there. And it'll just be a really fun time, I think. Stay with friends and stuff. We might be staying in a 10-person house with 16 people with other bands. So it should be a blast.
1: Nice, nice. And is that an environment do you find inspirational? Like, are are they the are they the, the times and the arenas that you get your inspiration or are you more of a, um, you know, quieter by yourself type of, uh, um, you know, need a quieter area to, to focus on, or is it a bit of everything? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely learned
0: from like, I in Chicago, I live in a four person house right now with Bailey, Jack who engineered the record and my partner Stas. And like, I don't really have my own room my little my room was like eight by eleven feet, so we just made like a gaming room kind of, and I just sleep with my partner. So I kind of realized like I don't really need much of that space. So I don't, you know, I don't mind not um, not having that space at all. So I think it should be fun. I've never done some like sixteen people in the house before though, so it should be fun.
1: So we'll see. There might be some uh, some new material for the for the next album coming out of, out of that. I hope so. And you said that you're kind of you're in that mindset now currently. I know like the first album hasn't come out yet, but you're already in the mindset of, you know, obviously always creating music and, and coming up with what's next. You've also said that you don't want to be eclectic musically. You know, you want to uh, get your sound and and stick to it. So is that easier for you do you think to to try and like stay in this kind of sound um or is it harder uh to to keep a sound rather than just kind of being more broad
0: i definitely i mean growing up just like i never was able to write enough songs similar enough to like put in a project and it makes sense this is like the first time where like all these songs you know we made them and they made sense together mostly because we became like a band band and like we recorded as a band, like live um, bass tracking and, you know, live bassist tracking and layering on top of that. Um, I, I think with that, I kind of like, I don't ever want to just be like one thing um, and we don't want to, of course, but like in the way that like talking heads are kind of just like, you know, all their songs can sound very different, but it's like a very particular feeling and like, Juxtaposition of sounds to where it's like, you know, it's completely distinguishable. It's that band, so getting more of that realm, even like production on the next record too, like just more like we do things in a very exact, purposeful way. Even, but of course, you still want those differences.
1: And then, so with this, with the the this record coming out, obviously, you know, you've got a lot of press already about it, and there seems to be a decent bit of hype. So what are you thinking for the rest of of this year with, you know, are are you going to try and do as much touring as possible? Um, Are you going to try and get outside the States at all?
0: Yeah. I mean, all of the above, we're planning on doing a lot of touring, um, planning on going to Europe at the end of the year. um, Once it might be easier with more support and people knowing about it since the the costs are so much. Um, But yeah, a lot of touring and trying to get songs written for a second record. That's gonna kind of be the goal.
1: Cool. And you said before that you, you your dream, or you know, touring wise, you want to play Berlin and Manamatsu in Japan. Why those? Why those two places in particular?
0: I don't know where Manamatsu came from. That's so. I I remember that interview though. But Japan in general, um, I mean, it's just like such a crazy, different, cool culture that I just want to see in general. And just from like reading and like Mm. watching movies and you know, they seem like fanatics about music. Um, Yeah, Japan would just be crazy cool in that sense. Berlin, you know, you get all the the lore about Berlin. And I definitely, I mean, it's anywhere in Europe, man. I'm playing shows in, in Europe or anywhere. It's kind of a dream, but Berlin would just be cool. Bailey is German. And i'm greek so i i definitely would i don't know where you play in greece but i know smashing pumpkins are uh, but yeah i don't know it would just it's super exciting just in general you know but yeah berlin gotta go out all night as james Murphy said
1: <laughs> the next night hopefully Good stuff, but, but for but for the time being you're gonna kind of stick to what like midwest east coast type of type of tours
0: um i think we're gonna be hitting the west coast it's not announced yet but and um uh may and yeah going south for south by and then two more east coast so we're gonna definitely before we go to europe at the end of the year try and hit everywhere in the u.s so we can
1: okay so there so nothing's being announced yet but frico are hitting the road in
0: 2024 yes yes for sure
1: okay good stuff. Um, Nico, I finished uh, all all these interviews with the impossible question. I don't want you to think too much about it. Just whatever pops into your head, right? So it's the last concert you're going to go to ever in your life. Who's the main, the two supports? And what is the venue that we're watching this in?
0: Oh, crazy. Main, two supports. Um, does it have to be a lot of musicians or it can be anybody?
1: Anybody you want so you can throw Chopin in there if you want.
0: In their prime too?
1: Yeah, you can choose era. Yeah, you can choose. Yeah, you can get specific about it.
0: Yeah. Um me per personally, I I mean I grew up when I saw love in Vegas with my parents at like 8 years old. I only listened from to the Beatles from age like 13. So, the Beatles would headline. I I know every Beatles song like in and out. Um so I'd have to do that. I'd probably have replaced. Which era? Uh, which era Beatles? Um, One well, year I'd probably do like, honestly, like 64, like help. Like, cause by help, they had all those great songs before them and they stole that live energy as a band. I would love <laughs> right. to see them in that era. Um, Yeah. That, that's a great one. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah. Like right before rubber soul, obviously all this stuff after that was incredible, but they were, they weren't on the road. Um, but yeah, so that era of Beatles, I would see, I would see, um, Tim era replacements. They would be first of the night, first of three, um, and then oh wait, I want my third to be, no, it would be it would be first of three replacements, Tim era, second one would be the Beatles, <laughs> and then the headliner would be Nina Simone. I just couldn't put I couldn't put anybody after Nina Simone to be honest.
1: Oh wow! Okay, so Nina's bringing it home. And what what venue were you we watching this in? What are we experiencing this in? It's
0: sick for it to be like a 200 person venue. Um, I don't know. I'd maybe do like I haven't been to any of like the super historic ones. The Chicago Theater is always great, and it's got that epic vibe, but it's not too big. Chicago Theater would be cool. Let's make it happen.
1: <laughs> soon with with the power of uh virtual reality and avatars and all this stuff, you will be able to yeah. um, experience that. I'm sure Kiss is well. doing it. Kiss is doing it. abba are doing uh ABBA built their own their yeah. own um arena in in London to oh, do geez. this weird stuff. Yeah, so um yeah, your dream lineup might be a, a possibility soon. But in the meantime, it's a it's a good one to to think about um so is the chicago theater is that your favorite theater in chicago that's the best uh best music venue
0: it's definitely not like my favorite music venue just because it's definitely like a different vibe from like a rock venue of course but like if i were to see an epic ass show like that i would definitely want to be like ground floor like front row to see that the chicago theater